0: Little Johnny was a rambunctious second grader. His teacher had the practice each Monday morning when the class would arrive to begin the new week together that she would kind of break the ice, get the kids into the flow by asking them what they had done over the weekend. When she got to little Johnny, she said, Johnny, what did you do over the weekend? He said, I went deer hunting and I killed 10 10 point deer. Well, she knew that wasn't true, but she just let it slide. The next Monday morning, she came in and when she got to Johnny, she said, Johnny, what did you do over the weekend? He said, I went bass fishing. I caught 32 10 pound bass. She just shook her head. She knew that was not the truth. The next Monday morning, the same thing happened again. He told another big whopper and the teacher said, that's it, come with me, you're going to the principal's office. And so she took him to the principal's office, took him into the inner office, he sat down, the principal stepped out to the outer office to the teacher to find out what was going on. The principal, having been a student of psychology, said, I know what I'm going to do, I'm going to use some reverse psychology on Johnny. I'm going to tell him a whopper so big that he'll see how ridiculous it is to tell stories like that. So the principal went into the inner office and he said, Johnny, you know what I did last weekend? He said, no, sir. He said, I was out walking in the Smoky Mountains and I rounded a bend and there was an eight foot tall grizzly bear. And that grizzly bear took off after me And just as that grizzly bear was about to catch me, a three pound chihuahua ran out from behind a tree, killed and ate that grizzly bear. He said, now, Johnny, do you believe that? He said, yes, sir, that was my dog and that was his third bear last weekend. (laughs) Good evening and welcome to our service this evening. How many of you have your Bibles tonight? Wonderful, we are here to study the Word of God. We want you to know that you are among friends, you are among people who care about you. We love God, we love His truth, and we want to share His truth with you this evening. We are involved in a series of lessons entitled, Faith is the Victory. We often sing that wonderful song about how faith is the victory. It's scripturally based. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Says this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Quickly in review of our series thus far. In Sunday school on Sunday morning. We talked about how we must have a faith relationship. It is as we studied in Psalm 139. My God and I. Sunday morning during the worship hour, we emphasized the fact that Christ must be the object of our faith. Sunday night, we talked about beginning to study together Hebrews 11, which we'll be doing the rest of the week. We studied about the components of faith, four components of faith that are demonstrated, shown clearly, In Hebrews chapter 11, first of all, there is revelation. We must learn the will of God. Second, there is response. We must do the will of God. Third, there is relationship. We must walk with God daily. And fourth, there is reward, the witness of God. Tomorrow evening, we are going to talk about victorious faith. Going right to the text in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at the characters that are named in that text, and we're going to talk about an aspect of faith that we need to realize from each one of those characters. And then on Wednesday evening, we will conclude our series by looking at the end of the chapter where it talks about the other side of faith. Those who sacrifice themselves for their faith in God. We will see what a great cost it is to live a life of faith, but what a great reward it is to live a life of faith. Now, as you turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11 this evening, we are simply going to run with the winners. Now I want to encourage you with this lesson as you see all of these runners in Hebrews chapter 11, all of these winners in Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to recognize the fact that you can run with the winners. We have already discovered that Hebrews chapter 11 is heaven's hall of fame of faith. Every person in Hebrews chapter 11, named and unnamed, ran the race of faith victoriously. In verse three, or verse four, Abel. In verse five, Enoch. In verse seven, Noah. In verse eight, and verse 17, Abraham. In verse 11, Sarah. In verse 20, Isaac. Verse 21, Jacob. Verse 22, Joseph. Verse 23, Moses' parents. Verse 24, Moses. In verse 32, or verse 29, the children of Israel at Jericho. In verse 32, Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David, Samuel, the prophets, and there were others. They all ran the race of faith victoriously. They believed in God. They sought Him diligently, and God rewarded them. Now go to verse 6. I'm sure the most familiar verse in the chapter. What did we just say? They believed in God, they sought Him diligently, and God rewarded them. Now watch it. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. What I want to emphasize tonight is that we, you and I, can run with the winners. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, there are a lot of people who make excuses for not entering the race. There are those who look for excuses and make excuses for dropping out of the race. I think most of us see the handicaps instead of the possibilities. But the testimony of these runners, these winners, will not allow us to drop out. They will not allow us to cop out. What do these runners tell us that give us the confidence that we can run with the winners? I want to share four things with you tonight. Number one, we can run with the winners Because the winners in Hebrews 11 teach us that faith cleanses all kind of sins. All of the people named in Hebrews chapter 11 and whose exploits are listed there sinned just as you and I sin. But I dare you to find one single sin mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 7, Noah got drunk one day, Genesis chapter 9. Abraham, verse 8, verse 17, Abraham lied twice about his wife, Genesis 12, Genesis 20. Isaac, his son, verse 20, he did the same thing. He lied about his wife, Genesis 26. Sarah, verse 11, laughed at God's promise and even denied it in Genesis chapter 18. Moses, mentioned in verse 24, lost his temper and sin, Numbers chapter 20. David, mentioned in verse 32, committed adultery and then attempted to cover it up with deceit and murder. 2 Samuel chapter 11. See, the winners didn't always collect medals. Sometimes they collected scars. But not one of their failures is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. Do you know why? Because God had forgiven them of their sins. Have you ever wondered why God... Would hang out the wash of his most notable people, the dirty wash, to encourage us. You see, we watch too many movies, too much Hollywood. We look at people like Abraham and Moses and Sarah and Gideon. We look at those people like they're superhuman, like they all have an S on their t-shirt. But they were human beings as we are human beings. They could run the race because faith cleanses all kinds of sin. And I want to say to you that we too, by faith, obeying God, can have the assurance that God will cleanse us of our sins and He will give us a new beginning. We have the promise of God's forgiveness let's talk about the first law of pardon God's law of pardon for the alien sinner in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37 on Pentecost the people asked men and brethren what shall we do in verse 38 Peter told them to repent and be baptized for the remission of their sins for the remission of their sins that's God's promise In Acts 22 and verse 16, Ananias was sent to Saul of Tarsus to tell him what to do. And he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. There's God's promise to wash away sins. Now let's talk about God's second law of pardon. His law of pardon for those who have become Christians. In first John chapter one, verse seven, the Bible says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sins, literally keeps on cleansing us from all sins. There's his promise. Move down a couple of verses. First John one verse nine, if we confess our sins, watch this, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have the promise of God's forgiveness. One of the most precious descriptions given in the Old Testament of the new covenant under which we live and it's stated in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Faith cleanses all kind of sins. And so our past is not a handicap. It doesn't have to be a millstone around our neck that drowns us in discouragement. And we should not use our past as an excuse. Well, I've always been lazy. How about that? Well, I've always had a bad temper. I have fallen on my face so many times, I'll just do it again. You don't know what I did back then. Cop-outs. God will not accept that kind of thinking. Because he will make us, he has made us new creatures in Christ. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The great black evangelist, Marshall Keeble, used to tell the story about a man who was separated from his wife. He had been abusive of her. She was back with her mom and dad, and one day the guy showed up and said, I came to get my wife, and the father, of course, bristled and stood in defense of his daughter, and he said, no, sir. I said, you misunderstood. That wasn't me. That was the other man. You see, I've become a Christian. I'm a new creature in Christ now. And it made the difference and it makes the difference for us folks if hebrews 11 teaches us anything it teaches us the importance of an enduring faith run with endurance the race that is set before you hebrews 12 verse 1. the christian race is not a hundred yard dash it's a marathon it is not a scamper to the finish line it is gut level living now look at hebrews 12 verse 1. we've got to get serious about running the race of faith notice that he says therefore we also since we are surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses all of these runners in chapter 11 let us lay aside every weight now, he's not talking about sin there. He's talking about other things in our life that can burden us down, that we shouldn't let burden us down in running the Christian race. But then he mentioned sin. The sin which so easily ensnares us. That word ensnares is interesting. You remember when we were kids, we would play a game on the playground where you'd get a circle of kids and you'd put somebody in the middle and they'd try to break out of the circle? Well, that's the word Ensnares. That's what sin does to us. It surrounds us and impedes our progress. Any direction we would try to go in living for the Lord. Whatever it is, or if it's sin, we need to cast that aside and we need to run with endurance the race that is set before us. And I'm suggesting tonight that we need to look at the runners. But folks, look at Hebrews 12 verse 2. We need to make sure that we're looking at the greatest runner, don't we? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. To win the race, to run the race, you can't be looking back. Can't do it. If you go out here and you start running down the street and you're looking back, what's going to happen? It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. I'll probably run into a tree. We've got to look forward. Turn in your Bible to Philippians chapter 3. And look in verses 13 and 14. Philippians 3 and 13, Paul said, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Good people, we can run with the winners because the winners teach us that faith cleanses all kind of sin. Number two, we can run with the winners because faith changes all kind of people. I'm excited about the variety of people that I see in Hebrews chapter 11. There were men... There were women. There were older people. There were younger people. There were kings and there were commoners. There were highborn. There were social rejects. There were gifted people. There were ordinary people. There were educated people. There were uneducated people. There are those that are named. There are those that are unnamed. But they all had one thing in common. They dared to trust God. Verse 24. Moses, by faith, was transformed from being an excuse making fugitive to the great liberator and lawgiver. Gideon, verse 32, by faith was transformed from being a frightened farmer to being a victorious general. In verses 35 through 38, others, numerous anonymous people, by faith endured all kinds of trials and persecution, even death, because they trusted God and His Word. Faith changes all kinds of people. And so our past is not a handicap, our station in life is not a handicap. Why? Because by faith we can change. The gospel is predicated upon the fact that we can change. My birthday was last Thursday. One of our older ladies in the congregation who is a real character sent me a birthday card about making, somebody making reference to me being an old dog. And the inside of the card said, you're not old. You figure that one out, didn't you? But when you encourage somebody to change, a lot of times they'll say what? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, that's okay, because you're not an old dog. Jesus didn't die for old dogs, but he died for you. Folks, the gospel is predicated upon the fact that we can change. And we may conclude that we do not possess the talent or the ability to serve God, but we do by faith. And like all the heroes, the successful runners in Hebrews chapter 11, we just must dare to trust God. God changes all kind of people. God can change us, God can change you. We can run with the winners. Number three, because these winners teach us that faith conquers all kinds of problems. Now, I am not suggesting to you that a life of faith is free of difficulty. That would be dishonest. It'd be like like a lot of these TV preachers today who are teaching a Jesus success ethic. And their sales pitch goes something like this. If you will send God your money, your seed money, and did you notice that when they say send God their money they always give you their address? And have you put their name on the check. But if you will send God your seed money. If you will have faith in God to send me your money. Then everything, all the problems in your life are going to disappear. Jesus is going to take away all of those problems. I mean, all those financial burdens and crisis you've got. That's all going to disappear. All your health problems are going to disappear. Everything is going to be wonderful. Jesus' success ethic. A lot of gullible people send them their check, and guess what? Their teeth don't straighten out, and they still limp because of arthritis. And so they say, why hasn't this happened for me? And then the charlatans say, oh, you didn't have enough faith. Send me some more money. They make merchandise of people. I am not teaching a Jesus success ethic. Folks, a life of faith certainly has its difficulty. As a matter of fact, a life of faith has more than its share of difficulties. But those difficulties are there to strengthen our faith. Please turn to Romans chapter 5, the first four verses. In Romans chapter 5 verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by grace, by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Boy, those are some fantastic words, aren't they? Faith, justified, peace, grace, rejoice, hope in the glory of God. Now listen. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Okay, go back to Hebrews 11. And let's look at this point that faith conquers all kinds of problems. Verse 5. Enoch. Enoch faced the problem of staying clean in a defiled world. Genesis chapter 5. He was able to do it by faith. Verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse seven, Noah. Folks, don't you know that Noah faced the ridicule of the world the whole time while he was building the ark? Genesis six, but by faith, he was able to do it. Verse seven, by faith being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Moses, we read about him beginning really in verse 23, his parents there, and then about him in verse 24. You know, Moses had to fight the opposition of the Egyptian government, Exodus 5 through 14. But by faith, he won the victory. Verse 27, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. What about Daniel? Daniel faced a den full of lions, didn't he? Daniel chapter six, but because of his faith, God was his zookeeper. Notice that verse 33 says that it stopped faith, stopped the mouth of lions. Who's that talking about? Daniel. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or as my ch- cousin Charles Clyburn said years ago in Sunday school class, Shadrach, Meshach, and the billy Goat. The three Hebrew children were thrown into the inferno, into the fiery furnace. But because of their faith, God was with them. What does verse 34 say? Faith quenched the violence of fire. Folks, take this home with you tonight. God always honors faith in him now God always honors faith but he does not always work the same way in all of our lives I want to show you that and by the way we're going to talk more about this on Wednesday night but I want you to look at verses 33 through the first part of verse 35 There are times when God delivers us from the problem. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again. You get the point? There are times when he delivers us from problems. But there are also times when he delivers us through problems. Keep reading in verse 35. Others were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Were tempted. Were slain with a the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Notice verse 39 says they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. I intentionally left out a phrase. Did you notice it? Of whom the world was not worthy. But do you see the point? God always honors our faith. But he doesn't always work the same way in all of our lives. Sometimes God delivers us from the difficulty. Sometimes God delivers us through the difficulty. For example. We talked a moment ago about how Daniel was delivered from the lions. But don't you know that there were others who had just as much faith as Daniel did, who were thrown to the lions and perished? Or turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 12. And there you will read about how the Apostle James was arrested and beheaded Peter then was arrested and was miraculously delivered from prison. Why the difference? I don't know. That's God's business. But if God chooses not to deliver us from a particular problem, we can be sure of the fact that God will honor our faith Romans chapter 8 one of the richest in the Bible concludes with these words beginning in verse 37 yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am persuaded That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, God's going to honor our faith. And either way, whether he delivers us from the difficulty or God delivers us through the difficulty, four things are going to happen. God will be glorified. His purpose will be accomplished. We will grow in character. And we will be rewarded eternally. Back to Romans 8, said it was rich. Verse 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. Back up 10 verses, look in verse 18. Paul talked about that whatever we suffer is not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. See, either from or through, faith conquers all kinds of problems, and that's why we can run with the winners. Quickly, number four, we can run with the winners because the winners teach us that faith releases all kinds of potential. Now, take David, for example. Look at verse 32. David is just mentioned by name. That's rather amazing. He just mentioned by name. That ruddy-looking shepherd boy had no idea the kind of hero that God would make of him. He would become a champion, a valiant warrior, a great king, and a man after God's own heart. Faith released the potential. David accepted the challenge. There it is. Romans 1 verse 17 says, the just shall live by faith. I see many Christians here tonight and I want to tell you what, we have tremendous potential. But it's not because who we are, it's because of whose we are. I see tremendous potential in this room because I see children of God. Let me ask you something. Do you believe that your circumstances are greater than God? Do you believe that the people in your life are stronger than God? Do you believe that the circumstances and the people in your life can keep God from accomplishing his purposes? If you put your faith in him. Romans 8 verse 31 says. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us who can be against us? Philippians 4 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2:14 Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph through Christ and diffuses through us the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. One more passage on this point. Please turn to Matthew chapter 9. Look at verse 27 beginning. In Matthew 9 and 27, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no man knows it. Underscore that phrase, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Folks, it is faith that releases the potential. as we wrap it up tonight, I want to suggest to you, that everybody lives by faith. Oh, yes. Everybody lives by faith. We're staying on the third floor of the hotel. When I got on that elevator and came down those three floors tonight, I did that by faith. That that elevator, someone had properly built it, properly installed it, and properly maintained it. The first thing I do when I get on an elevator is to look and see who made it. You see We used to live in Middleton, Tennessee, and that's where Dover Elevator, or Thyssen Crump Elevator Company is, and I know the people who made those elevators. Anytime I get on a Dover elevator, I pray. (laughs) But that's faith. You uh, may not have thought about it this way, but every time you go into a restaurant and you order your favorite meal, maybe that big ribeye steak, baked potato, And they bring that steak out to you or that meal out to you to eat. You do that by faith that it was properly handled and melt health requirements and all those good things. When you go to your doctor, your doctor gives you a prescription and you take that medicine. How do you do that? You do that by faith in your doctor, don't you? And the pharmacist who is filling the prescription. When you go to the bank and you put all of your life savings into that savings account, what are you acting by? You're acting by faith. It'll still be there when you get ready to draw it out. We all live by faith. The question is, are we living by faith in God? Are you running with the wind? I'm going to come down there because I want to talk to you. If you have not begun the race, can I be plain? You're a loser. There is no way that you can win the race where you are right now. I've encountered in 45 years of ministry a lot of people who have been hesitant to start the race because they're afraid they can't hold out. Well, let me guarantee you something, you stay where you are right now, you lose. How do you start the race? How do you become a child of God? How do you have the forgiveness of your sins? In Galatians 3, 26 and 27, we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Isn't it fascinating that the means by which we become children of God, faith and baptism, is the means by which we are saved. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16:16. When we repent and we are baptized, the Lord adds us to the church the saved. That's how you start the race. By faith, repentance, and baptism. Now, if you have stopped running the race, can I I be plain? You're a quitter. And there's no way you can win the race when you've quit running. Now, what do you need to do? Well, you've left your first love. You need to repent and do the first works. Revelation 2, verses 4 and 5. You need to get right with God. You need to come home. And like the father in the story of the prodigal, he will gladly receive you back into his arms. If you are running the race faithfully, are you listening? You are running with the winner's I believe it's Matthew chapter 8, verse 11. I think that's right. If it's not, read it, you'll run into it. That says, They shall come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. You know why we will be able to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven? Because we've run the race with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that will take us to heaven. You keep running that race. What is faith? Faith is taking God at His word. What is faith? Faith is doing what God said do. What is faith? Faith is doing what God said do in the way God said do it. What is faith? Faith is obeying God in spite of feelings, circumstances, or consequences. That's Hebrews 11. That's how you run with the winners. Enter the race tonight. Get back on course tonight. Resolve that you're going to keep running that race tonight. And one day, let's sit down together with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Won't you come?